Welcome to the show, everyone. We have a very special guest for you today. He is an actor, stunt performer, and stunt and fight coordinator. He has worked with some of the biggest names in film history, and he has been practicing martial arts his whole life. Welcome to the show, Brahim Chab. Hello, sir. Hey, how are you, man? Awesome, awesome. You know, uh, during the lockdown period, I got to talk with you on my other podcast, Legend Master Show, and I love your work. I've always loved what you bring to the screen. You got a very dynamic movements. Really would like to focus on your martial arts training because it seems like that was a nice building path to the awesome career you have now. So I believe you started right around the age of 14 in Aikido. Is that correct? That's correct. Yeah, I started with uh, Aikido when I was 14. Uh, that was basically the only thing that was around at the time next to my house because uh, my neighbor, uh, he was doing Aikido and he was telling me uh, at school, you know, in high school, like he was telling me like, okay, I'm doing this thing. It's called Aikido. And uh, you're using the force of people against them. So I was like, wow, that sounds cool. Right. And then he started showing me some um, Steven Seagal movies and shit okay. like that. Like, you know, like <laughs> Above the Law, Nico and all that stuff. And, you know, I did that for a bit uh, until, uh, until my bronze belt. I got a bronze belt in Aikido. Wow. Uh, then I was tired of like, you know, just doing key uh, joint locks and all that. So I wanted to add something else. I wanted to add like, let's say a bit of striking to all of this. So I, um, I started karate. What are you after this? And later on, I discovered tricking uh, by going to a competition in France, in Paris. And I saw all these competitors from America, you know, uh, all these guys were doing crazy jumps and doing like five, six kicks in the air. I was like, well, I want to do this, right? Wow. So I started to do this for a, like a very long period of time. To this day, I'm still practicing that. And uh, recently, I would say since 2015, I focused more on grappling, on Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu and uh, on wrestling and uh, also on kickboxing as well. And right now I'm kind of like, it's like it's been like a full cycle, basically. Like you're you're starting like with something that is purely uh, focusing on movies, like kind of like how to get like a very very pretty technique, a nice kick, a very nice jump kick, and then you kind of like start to be more grounded and go back to something more, I would say, realistic in in a way with grappling which, you know, I've been training since 2015, now 2023. So it's like eight years of this. Wow. I mean, yeah, I think the last time we talked, you were a blue belt. Are, are you? Uh... I am still a blue belt because oh, okay. I train. I only train without the gi. So I've been focusing only without the gi, basically. So I'm one of those guys who don't really train much with uh, the gi. I mean, I love the, the thing is this, you know, I'm... I like to do something that I enjoy. Like mm -hmm. I enjoy, like if I enjoy it, it's good for me. Um, to me, I, I really like the aspect of the nogi because it's really it marries very well with the striking in a way. Yeah, and uh, I also like the standing up a lot, the wrestling uh, aspect. And you know, this year I told myself. Actually, I told my wife. I told my wife I need to get back to the gi because it's been like since 2019 I've been a blue belt, so I need to go back to the gi. Maybe I can get my purple belt. But uh, it's an amazing journey, man. You know, to me, it's like I really do this because I enjoy it. You know, I really, yeah. really enjoy training and all my teammates, uh, my classmates, 
uh, where I train. And uh, to me, it's really something that I enjoy doing. Yeah, that's amazing too, because, you know, whatever the martial arts style people get into, and that's amazing with you too, the mixed martial arts style you have in there. I think that's an important aspect. But people may be attracted to the martial art for a self-defense or, you know, some other reason. But what keeps you there is you love it. Uh, yes, that's exactly it. It's it's never been about like, I, I, I never really did that because I was like, uh, I want to fight in an MMA fight or something. Uh, at first, I did martial art because, you know, I, I saw a Jackie Chan movie when I was 14 called First Strike. And I was oh, like, yeah. well, that sound, that looks cool, right? I was like, okay, I want to do the same thing. Uh, Jackie Chan is doing in those movies. So that was purely for uh, entertainment. Then the idea of doing movies and all that, I used the martial art to get into movies. And that's how basically I, you know, I did, I, I built my life and, you know, I pay my bills thanks to that. Uh, but in a way now the grappling, it's, it's not really for movies. I do it. It's mostly because I truly enjoy it. I truly enjoy watching a good mixed martial art fight and be able to understand what's going yeah. on when they yeah. hit the ground, the whole aspect of the clinching, the whole aspect of like standing up. Because, you know, when you watch a fight, you know, when you don't know about it, you're like, why is he not standing up? You know, <laughs> yeah. random normal people, they're always like, why is he not standing up? Or come on, just get him off you. It's very, very different when yeah. you have like a, a, like a very skilled grappler on top of you. Oh. It's a horrible feeling. It's it's feeling like you're drowning. Like, yeah. like that's the, how I describe it. I always describe it like when you roll with someone who's super good and a high-level uh, guy, the feeling is like you're drowning. That's yeah. the feeling that I experience all the time. Yeah, it's a, a wild feeling. And you mentioned tricking. Like, and it's some real superhero shit. I mean, every time everybody sees that any martial art, based film, John Wicks, things like that, even the Marvel movies. And by the way, you did have, it was cut, unfortunately, but you did have a moment in John Wick 4, right? Uh, uh, yes, yes. Um, so basically during the pandemic, right, I went back to France and um, oh, right. I I got in contact with uh, the, uh, the stunt coordinator of John Wick 4, the French stunt coordinator, because most of the film got shot in France and Germany. So I send him my stuff and he's like, oh, wow, uh, it's a very interesting profile you have. Uh, I might have something for you. So out of the blue, man, I'm back in France for like only three days. And he's, he's, sending, he's sending me like this uh, dialogue and he's like, do a self-tape right now for, for the director. Oh. So I'm like, okay. I asked my brother to come over. He doesn't speak English at all. He's just reading off your camera. I've got my phone like this, filming myself, right? And I do the casting. I send it over. Two days later, oh, you got the job. Wow, okay. Wow. So they fly me first to Germany. And uh, basically, I had uh, this uh, scene with Donnie Yen. There was two scenes. There was one scene, oh, wow. an acting scene with Donnie Yen, where we're having like this kind of like uh, scene in like, kind of like, a, you know, like a place where you play dice like an underground uh, place where you play poker and stuff. So we are playing together against each other. And then after that, when he's outside, we're having some kind of fight scene against each other uh, because basically he won the, the game. I'm not happy. And then we're okay. having this scuffle. That was me and uh, two other guys fighting against him. And if you watch the movie, it's 
I think from my memory, I think it would be right before it gets recruited by the marquee. Oh, right there. Wow. Okay. That yeah, be right like an introduction to him. Yeah, exactly. That was kind of like the introduction. So that was that. To be honest, I I was not I you know, when you do those movies, man, you 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 learn it's like a casting, right? When you do a casting, you learn to detach yourself from if you're going to get it or not. I feel the same with these wow. kind of movies, man, especially the big ones like this, because you go into them and uh, you, you go into it with like your head thinking like, well, I've, did, I've done my job. I've done my performance. Now I have to remove myself from the final result. You know, you've got paid and right. now you, you gave your service, whether or not they choose to use what they saw, that's up to them. And the movie was long. I heard it yeah. was three hours and 49 minutes first, and then they cut it down to two hours and 49. So one hour of the movie got scrapped completely. And to me, it's really like, uh, was I pissed? No, not really. But I was like, okay, that was quite a hard scene to do. The, the only thing that a little bit like I kept here, it was like, man, we gave a lot of hard work for this. That's it. Yeah. But you never know. Maybe they use it for a Blu-ray, an extended right. version, or maybe they come in for John Wick 5. Who knows? You're Exactly, exactly. They use but, everybody. Come uh, on, man. Use me. I didn't make it in number four. <laughs> yeah, come on now. Uh, yeah, anybody I've talked to that's ever done any like movie or TV, there's that, like, you got to get rid of that, almost dampen down professionally, dampen down your excitement, because you never know. Are they going to use it or not? That's got to be an interesting professional mindset of you, though. That's very admirable. Yeah, I mean, this is something that I tell uh, everybody. I always tell them, look, listen, if you go to a casting and then you start to think about it every day, am I going to get it? Uh, uh, what did I do wrong and all that? You're, you're going to live a miserable life. Like mm. the best advice I give is like when you go to a casting or when you do one of these jobs, just do them and don't really attach yourself to the final product. Look, man, I've done some movie uh, during the pandemic 2020. It's not out yet. And I have, yeah. I'm a fight coordinator on this movie. It's called Monkey Man. It's not out yet okay. since the pandemic. And there, there are plenty of amazing work, fight scenes that I've done on this movie and it's not out yet. So you got to understand this business. If you're not really ready mentally, it's going to show you out. It's like a meat grinder. You're going to fucking enter it. It's going to grind you, grind you. So you need to detach yourself from this. When you do a job, you got paid. That's it. Move on. You've got the credit. That's great. Spend time with your family. Yeah. Spend time with whatever. Like just this is why I love the martial art on the side, because it's something that keeps my mind away. And I have like another goal on the side. Yeah, martial arts and any walk of life, right? It's a very therapeutic in a way. Mm -hmm. And last time you were on a show, I, if you could do me a favor, if you can retell the story, because it was just so, it was so good. Uh, so you got to work with the amazing Jean-Claude Van Damme, uh, yes. pound, of, pound of Flesh. I believe uh, you, uh, his son was going to be the role that you wound up being in this movie or something. Can you go yeah, into right. the, the Muay Thai fighter when he, you're in the hotel, Jean comes down, can you go into <laughs> that? Because it was insane. All right, so th that was on the eagle path. That was, basically, okay. that was that was in uh, twenty uh, two thousand eight. Basically, 
That was that was one of my first movies, man. Like, so the way it went is we did all these these castings, right? There's this whole process of doing multiple castings. God knows why, but I remember the first casting we came in, we took photos. Then the casting director called us again, and he's like, "Oh, that was 250 people first, and now you guys are down to 16." So. We go to this nice hotel, right, uh, in the center of Bangkok. And there we are coming there. And we waited for like at least one hour and a half, sitting down like like kind of like a job interview. Everybody like sitting next to each other on chairs. And there is Jean-Claude coming down from uh, the second floor in his uh, in a robe, like, you know, like a, like <laughs> kind of like he just woke up. And he started to talk to us. Very nice talking and he made us walk i remember we all ha- had to walk like uh like if we were like a sick security oh. so from there uh he scrapped out uh i think he scrapped out eight people from there so there was another casting after that the last eight so 16 to eight now and from there he basically made us do like um fight scene reactions falls that was a uh, stunt coordinator from Belgium. I think a friend of his, he brought over. Um, he, they made us do like basically a screen, te- uh, screen fighting test. Okay. So then I remember <laughs> I'm back home, right? And I get this phone call at like 10.30 in the evening, right? And the casting director is like, congratulations, you got the job. So I'm like, oh, wow. But you got to come now to the hotel again. Uh, you're going to get fitted. Like, okay, wow, it's 10.30, okay. Uh, an hour drive to the hotel, okay, I'll be there at 11.30, right? So I come back to the hotel, and there is me, there is this other dude, and then there is this Muay Thai K1 fighter. <laughs> so we get fitted. Jean-Claude came, come out. Like, he was, he, he just said, like, he, he was in a meeting, like, he was brainstorming for our names in the movie, right? So then Jean-Claude comes and he looks at me. He's like, okay, Brahim, so you're going to be, uh, you're going to be Sergey. I'm like, okay, cool, great. And he looks at the other guy, the other stunt guy. He's like, okay, so you're going to be Carl. The other guy is like, okay, cool. Then he looked at this K1 fighter, Muay Thai guy. He's like, okay, so you're going to be Malik. And the dude doesn't buy it. He's like, no, I don't like this name. So Jean-Claude is like, what do you mean? He's like, well, you know, when I was a fighter in my K1 days and in my Muay Thai days, people used to call me the lion. And Jean-Claude is like, kind of like thinking like, well, that got to be a joke, right? But the dude is serious. He's dead serious. He's like, no, but you know, like in my K1 days, they call me the lion and my fighting style was like yours. And, you know, I would like to show you my script. I wrote a script and it's kind of like your story, like Lionheart and all these illegal fights and all this shit, right? So (laughs) then Jean-Claude is kind of like, well, you know, I've been spending like, I would say, three hours thinking for you guys' names. So, uh, I don't know, man. Uh, but you know what? That's okay. Uh, you can go home. Don't worry. You're fitted, right? He's like, yeah. Okay, good. I think you can go home. Thank you so much. 
So as soon as the guy leaves, I knew it. I was like, yeah. I didn't have any experience, but the the body language and the way they were talking, I was like, for sure, this guy is out. Yeah. So yeah. right away when the door, the dude leaves, the door closed, Jean-Claude dirty is like, looks at the casting director, he's like, this guy out. I don't want him anywhere near us. <laughs> so then we did the casting, we did the fitting, right? That's already done. Then the first day, I remember still the day when we shot. It was on the 31st of June, I remember. 31st of wow. June. I remember clearly. You never forget. <laughs> no, man. I remember clearly 31st of June. We had to come meeting at the hotel under in the lobby. And guess who's showing up there? Oh, no. That's exact same dude in Muay Thai shorts. <laughs> Okay. Ready to go, like completely pissed off, like trying to real to find out why he's got basically why why did they cancel him basically? <laughs> then the security had to come and push him back. Then we took a van, go to the location, and he found out the location again. He came all the way on the location. They had to call again security to come and say, "Okay, <laughs> sir, you get to leave the premises of." Uh, of the location, I mean, you're, you're not welcome. <laughs> he really wanted to, basically, to. He came with his Muay Thai shorts. I remember, man. A very. <laughs> uh, he, he was a very like. Um, how can I say? He had a great look, man. That guy had a great look. He had like a very dark, uh, tan skin, um, tall, muscular, uh, black hair, black eyes. He, he looked. He, he looked like he like intimidating. I would say. Yeah, but that was yeah. funny, man. That, that was one of the funniest story ever. That's great. I couldn't imagine. It's like welcome to welcome to the film business. Here. <laughs> yeah, that, that was crazy, man. The way the, the whole thing was was crazy. But let me tell you one thing on this movie about John Claude, man. He yeah. was very nice, man, because originally in the movie, I remember I had only what like I would say four days of shooting. And he was kind, man. He told me, like, oh, you know what? Uh, I'm gonna keep you around for the movie. Uh, because, you know, you remind me of yourself, of, of myself when I was young and starting wow. in the movie business because I speak French, he speaks French, so I would have conversations with him in French. So he kept me for various scenes. He would bring me for this scene, for that scene. Most days, man, I would just fucking like just sit down and wow. be standby. But I made money thanks to him. So Jean-Claude, if you see this, thank you so much. <laughs> that's amazing. And that's the other thing that I wanted to ask is, I mean, you grew up watching these guys, like Jean-Claude Van Damme, Scott Atkins, Mark, yes. uh, the Costco's. Like, what's that like? It's got to be pretty surreal. Obviously, your skills and talents are so professional enough to obviously be in the mix. But as a kid growing up watching that, what's that like, man? Um, it's like, you know, like it, it, it gives you this feeling that no matter what you put your mind to achieve, you can make it, basically. Because sometimes, you know, you watch these guys and you tell yourself, well, it's not possible for me. I, I live in a small town. Uh, why I, why would I be able to achieve something like this? And then the, the more you do this, the more you pull that kind of like, okay, I worked with Jackie Chan and then you work with Mark Dacascos and then Scott Atkins and then... Kenny Reeves and uh, all these names. Oh, yeah. And then you realize 
no matter what you put your mind into it, you know, it's it's doable. All you have to do is basically put in the work, mm. uh, stay motivated, uh, keep uh, your discipline, which means, you know, like train, stay ready whenever the phone rings, you know, you show up and be a good person to work with. Don't don't be like a person that's that's going to be a, a liability on set, you know, like the, you know, don't be one of those guys who show up and be like, oh, I invented my own style and I'm just going to do this on this movie. That's it. Don't be one of these guys. Be a guy that can be, let's say, if you play a grappler on this movie, you're going to be a grappler. If you play a boxer, you're going to be a boxer. So be ready. And when the phone rings, come and deliver and do a good job. Yeah, and that's a great point too because everybody can see on your social media, you always have great posts of you just staying sharp with your techniques you what's a given like let's say a week like a standard week for Brian what is that like for okay. training and nutrition and all that what's a standard week for you okay I'm gonna start with nutrition with nutrition I'm very lucky I have a wife who can cook okay. the best food in town like in Bangkok I'm the luckiest guy no <laughs> nobody's funny. wife cooks better than mine she's the champion and she's also an ex MMA fighter so she understands the whole thing about training and nutrition. And she was a competitor as well in bodybuilding. She competed oh, wow. in natural bodybuilding. And she's a stunt woman as well. So she's basically for nutrition, she's the one taking care of everything, you know. Nutrition, I try to eat basically in the morning eggs and oats, very simple. Sometimes I can have pancakes or something like, I would say, even just like cereals or something like this. Then lunch, it's mostly like I eat like something like chicken, rice, and some vegetables. And for the evening, mostly like something like a tuna sandwich, something like this. A lot of salads, hummus, stuff like this. A lot of uh, meat. I like meat. Now, for the training part, okay, on Mondays, I do MMA striking. So it's basically like kickboxing sparring. That's an hour. Then on Tuesdays, I do wrestling. That's an hour as well. Wednesdays, usually I uh, will do a little bit of tricking. I will take, I would say, five moves of tricking and I would repeat them 10 times each. On Thursdays, MMA striking again, but with like small gloves. Friday, I do no gi class. And Saturday, I do 10 round sparring. So we do 10 rounds of sparring on Saturdays. And Sunday, it's my day off basically. And I lift weights five days a week. So Monday, I would do bicep and tricep and forearm. Tuesday, I will do chest and shoulders. Wednesday, legs. Then Thursday, I will do my back, basically. And then I will repeat that for five, six days a week, depending how I feel. But that's pretty much how I train. And if I don't have a movie, I try to do that. It's like my religion. I try to do that. Like it's really, I'm very serious about this. And again, naturally, not taking any steroids or anything yeah. like this, doing it the natural way. You know, and that's the other thing of what you just said of how you do things, because a lot of people, okay, some, of course, some people obviously flake out and they, they don't follow program or whatever, but it's actually more important lifestyle. You made this part of just like, this is my Monday. This is my Tuesday. I think a yes. lot of people, and when they go work out, you want to work hard, but I think people also go the other way and they work out too hard for that workout. I mean, is it more important the consistency versus completely tearing your body down? The consistency is more important because it's like lifting weights, okay? I don't lift heavy. 
I lift, I never, for example, when I do squats, I never lift heavier than my actual body weight. Never do that. Yeah. Uh, same with the bench press. I never try to load up and go super heavy. What I do is I do a weight that I can lift at least 15 times, 15 reps. Then it's the same with the training. I try to do a little bit, almost like a mixed martial art training. I try to touch as many facets as possible of martial art. Because if I, if I realize if I go too much just doing grappling, then my striking is going to get affected. If sense. I only yeah. do striking, my grappling is going to get affected. So it's better than to just like do it this way for me because then every day I get like a, a different aspect. And also I don't go more than an hour, never over an hour or an hour and a half top. I don't go for two hours, three yeah. hours session yeah. because some of these stunt guys, sometimes you see them train how they train. It's a lot of talking between, this is why I'm really rarely trained with stunt guys. It's mostly just talking, filming stuff for Instagram. It's great to do those mid combinations and all that, you know, but to me, I don't find that rewarding. I like to be able to train with like a good martial artist and get mm. into like something that is more close to like something useful for life. Yes, you know? yeah, yeah. It translates way better for for the for the screen also. Like I don't know, man. To me, I, I just find out that doing something like that is only meant to be like for movies. Sometimes to me, it's it's a little bit something that I want to stay away from, like mm. for my training, for my personal training, you know, because I don't find it rewarding really because mm. I, when I train, I want to sweat. I want to yeah. feel like I'm training. You know what I mean? Yeah. That way you're ready for a real life, but also for your regimen there, like you're ready for any role. I mean, if they want you to be a yes. boxer, if they want you, know, you're just ready to go. What I want to go into as well, like an important side of things also is like stretching, recovery. You know, there's some people do saunas, ice baths, massage, acupuncture, whatnot. Is there something that works for you that you find best just for recovery? Sauna and ice bath, the uh, best. This is what I do. I do saunas and ice bath. In fact, um, I was talking to my wife today and we're going to buy something to put ice in my second bathroom because to me, this is the best recovery ever. It's that amazing. For me, it's cha it changed my life. Once you go into that, the sauna is something that I, it's nice, but the cold, the cold is honestly, it's the number one recovery for me. When I do this, I feel like a completely brand new person. Yeah. You know? Yeah, it's, and, and it's, there's a there's mental training to it, like uh, indirectly. There's me like because especially when you start, like everything you're being in your in yes. your body wants to leave, and you just relax. Yes. yes, exactly. So you go inside. Like at first, I remember when I used to do that. I discovered this during the pandemic. Actually, my friend he used to tell me like to join him because he owns a hotel in Bangkok, and he was like, "Oh, my sauna is still open. You want to come?" I'm like, "Yeah, sure." We have also like a cold pool. I'm like, okay. So I started doing that then. And I was like, in the morning, I would wake up and be like, I feel brand new. Like, I feel yeah. like I didn't train yesterday. So then I started to do it more often. And in terms of stretching, I found out that stretching too much for me did more damage than oh. it did help me. Interesting. Like, 
I did this movie in Hong Kong in 2022. I went there, I was completely like, my hamstring, my left hamstring was about to give up on me. Like I couldn't walk almost. I was really in pain because the movie I did before that, I did an MMA movie in England and I did all these kicks like in Undisputed, like this kind of tricky kicks and all that. And my left hamstring was completely on fire. Like I couldn't almost walk. I couldn't bend my leg, like the flexion of the knee. I was like only 50%. So I was like, maybe I should stretch more. It will help. But it didn't. What helped me a lot is building muscle in the leg. That truly helped me. Like right now, I can tell you, I don't really stretch as much as before. I can still do the splits, no problem. But I don't stretch as much as before. And... I don't have any pain anymore and I can do every kick, no problem, kick, head level, all this good stuff, still there, but less stretching. And my legs and my knees feel way stronger than before because, uh, yeah, it's mostly from that guy. I don't know if you know that guy. It's from, um, there's a guy on YouTube called Knees Over Toes. Yeah. That guy, his videos changed my life, man. Yeah. I was in Hong Kong and I watched this. I was like, okay, I need to start doing what this guy is doing. And the results were, I, I was sold. After one week, I was like, I need to keep doing what this guy is preaching. Yeah. And that's, again, going well balanced with it. Some people are the other way with it. They're too tight. I had guys come in way too loose. And like you said, strength training complements that. Yeah, just overall being well balanced. Yes. It's very, very important. And, uh, you know, like... Uh, Everybody always talk about like training, bodybuilding and all that. But the recovery, the recovery aspect and how you manage those little injuries as you, as you grow older, of course, we all getting older, no matter what. I don't want to be one of those guys who can't like do a squat when I get older or yeah. cannot go and train. I want to be able to train all my life. I want to be able to do martial art, you know, when I'm in my 70s. So yeah, recovery is very important. Huge. There was one of these movies you did that you kind of became the unsung hero, so to speak. And that's Ninja Shadow of Tears. Uh, Ah, Yes. Can you go in, you know, working with obviously Scott Atkins actually did many movies with him. Can you go into what happened exactly in that movie? When I got called to do this movie, it was by uh, my friend, Tim Mann, who was the fight coordinator for that movie. So he called me and he brought me over to be a stand on the movie for the previous part. So he, we did previouses. Only previous, and okay. I was basically playing the character of Scott during the previous, right? Then the director, Isaac Florentine, he would see the previous and he would say, I like this, I don't like that. You know, typical previous, right? And how a director and the stunt team work together, right? So we started to shoot. And I was just there basically as after that, when the movie started, I was just there to help my friend Tim, assist him basically with the fight scenes. And I think when we did the fight in the bar, the bar fight. Oh, yeah. I think Scott injured his back during that. I think it was when he rolled over the table, if I remember correctly. And from there, he couldn't really move anymore. His back was kind of like giving him huge pain. So we were wrapped for the day and they were kind of like, looking at each other like what are we gonna do and then i saw all the eyes go and just go like slowly <laughs> look at me like that right so, 
Yeah, and I was like, okay, well, I guess that's it, right? I'm gonna have to do all this stuff. So then I started. Basically, I did the the, the stuff, the the jump kicks in the bar fight. I did that, wow. but it was not because I did them, not because Scott couldn't do them. He was hurt. Yeah, you know, he would have been able to do those no and problem. He's a you know, tough guy. I mean, if he if he was hurt, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, exactly. He, he would have been able to do all these kicks. Without my help, man. Like yeah. he's a very, very talented martial artist. He's a, he's a very, very good guy to work with. And you know, when we started to do the movie, I was inspired by him. And when I saw Undisputed Two, that's what got me into uh, getting into good shape and all that. So, you know, for me it was an honor. I was like, wow, I'm doubling Scott Atkins. That's great. So I did uh, the stuff in the bar. I did a little bit also in the dojo fight when he was fighting one of the characters, the one-on-one. Oh, no, um, yeah. yeah, then I did also some of the stuff in the ninja suit as well when he's fighting team men. Oh, cool. I did some of the falls as well in the end fight. And it was a great experience. And when the movie was done, I thank the director. I thank uh, Scott. It was a great experience. And then Undisputed 4 came. They started pre-production and all that. And my and team again got the job as a fight director oh, for the movie. Yeah. So there was this character in the movie called uh, Igor, Igor Casimir. And basically, Tim sold them the idea, well, we can use Brahim for it. So Isaac, he convinced Scott, okay, Brahim can pull it off. Because honestly, I never did like a role this big at the time. Because Undisputed well, 4 is like a pretty big movie for martial art fans. You know, it's like, it's a it, it got a big following. So... They kind of like gambled, you know, but my friend Tim, again, I give him all the credit, man. He convinced him. And <laughs> then I knew there was a lot of pressure on me, man, when I showed up there because <laughs> I knew like, okay, first of all, I need to come in shape. So I was lucky when I was preparing for Unispirit 4, I was working on Never Back Down, No Surrender with oh. Michael J. White. Wow. So we had a gym on the set where we shot. So every day I was lifting weights in the gym during never back down and i was eating food the catering was making all this food i was eating food trying to get huge and then when i flew there the first thing we shot for indisputed four was uh, the end fight basically we shot that right away and when we shot the end fight scott was very uh how can i say we uh the timing we had it was we were like basically we knew each other it's like we did many movies together so wow. it was very easy to work with it was like I, I didn't have any pressure fighting him. It was like I was fighting like my buddy, like yeah. someone that I trained with for over like 20 years. So that was great because sometimes you get to fight someone, one of these actors, and then it doesn't click. And then you end up wasting time and losing like and having like people frustrated on the set. Right. right. So I was happy and that we could do it so well, like the fight scene together. Then after that, you know, I did the acting. Then the last thing I shot was the the first fight that you see in the movie. And then that was it. But Ninja got me on Unisputed 4. Wow. And everybody, you should definitely check these movies out. They're badass. Super awesome to watch. Actually, you can see all your work on IMDb, of course. Real quick, in Boyka Undisputed, you have acting shots, bro. Was that the first time you realized, like, I have this acting thing down? To be honest, when I look at the movie, you know, I, I see myself like kind of like, I was thinking, okay, how can I make myself like super evil or whatever, you know? I, mm -hmm. I said to myself like, 
okay, look at how Boyka was in Unspeeded 2. He was very evil, right? But you cannot be that evil. You have to be more like a, like a sneaky guy, mm, you know, like kind of like be like a sneakier version, like a little bit, like a very arrogant person, okay? Gotcha. So I tried to do it this way. And I was very happy when the people hated me when the movie came out. <laughs> yeah. Everyone hated my gut when they saw the movie. They're like, I hate this guy. Yeah. I truly hate him. And then the choreographer, Tim, he had it when we did the fight. He had this very dirty move where I like backfist him in the nuts when we do the fight, <laughs> okay. like an illegal move. Every time when I watched the movie, and if you watch the comment, the comments on YouTube, the fight scene, everyone is like, what kind of fighter does this kind of dirty move where just backfist the, the nuts <laughs> of your opponent? So for the acting, yeah, it was the first time where, you know, I did a few little roles here and there before that. But for the acting, it was the first time where I was able to basically act in front of the camera and deliver dialogue with my own voice and all that. And I realized that's something I really enjoy doing. I kind of like pushed more into that direction. And I think, you know, there is like something for me to do in that because why not? Why not give it a try now? You know, and you killed it. You did amazing. And you're in so much stuff. I think that's consummate to your awesome to work with. Anytime I'm watching a movie, all of a sudden I'm like, hey, it's Brian. I know. I've talked to that guy before. Can you go into this real quick for people listening, working with Keanu Reeves specifically in a man of Tai Chi, the Taekwondo guy, uh, that, yes. that hallway scene, you kind of go in that for people. Okay, so I got called by um, my friend, casting director and agent, Mike Leader, for this movie. He was basically the person who was in charge for the casting for another movie called Fearless, a Jet Li movie. Oh, yeah. He basically awesome. scouted all these fighters in the movie. So I used to send him my stuff, and finally he gave me a chance to basically cast for the movie. So he asked me to send him, like, Something where I would do all kind of kicks. So I went to the gym the same day with my phone and I just started to kick the bag, every kind of kick, every Taekwondo kicks and all that. So later on, uh, I got the job and first they flew me to China first to do like, it was kind of like a test, like, okay. you know, to be sure, like, okay, we're not bringing a lunatic who's going to want to be called a lion or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I want to be the tiger. Oh, man. <laughs> so <Okay. laughs> they, they brought me over, right, to do a test, right? And it was basically like they show me the choreography and I have to reenact what they show me, right? And I remember they had like this kind of like, you know, like this thing where you put the laundry Oh, a yeah, basket. Yeah. yeah. Laundry basket, right? I was a tons of photos in that laundry basket, man. Like plenty headshots. Wow. So I'm looking at all that. I'm like, what the hell? And I asked this guy, hey, what's that for? He's like, oh, that's all the guys we've been looking at for the movie. <laughs> oh, wow. I'm like, man, he's like, I don't know how many people, man. It's like, when you see that, you're like, kind of like thinking, like, how lucky you are to be here. Because I'm not kidding, man. That was like this much That's crazy. photos of different people from all over the, the world. So they made me do this test. Then after that, uh, they flew me back again. And we did the fight scene with Tiger, the okay. lead of the movie. Yeah, Tiger Hu Chen, yes. 
Yeah, I think we did like three days for that fight. The original cut was way longer. It was like a, a minute and 45 second fight at least. Then after that, I remember Chenyu was super nice to work with. It was his directorial was debut, right? Oh, he's not John Wick yet. Oh, wow. No, he was not John Wick yet. You know, he was Chenyu from The Matrix, basically. You can see on that photo, uh, the photo with me and him, right? He's very like, uh, like that's pre-John Wick Chenyu right there. So wow, he was super nice to work with, man. Actually, probably one of the nicest directors I worked with. I remember when I did uh, my ADR, they brought me to do ADR for the one line that I had. Oh, come on, let's fight. I'm like holding my leg in the air, bring it down. Like, come on, let's fight. So they brought me for that. And when I saw the fight scene, of course it was cut. Like it was, I think it was 35 seconds. But then he told me, man, he said to me, we'll give you the full version when the movie release. So oh. now when you hear this, you're thinking, well, he's being nice and polite. But I'm not kidding, man. The same day the movie released, I got an email with a download link. And it was like, here is your fight scene. Yeah. Oh, cool. Super nice of him, man. They sent me the, the whole fight scene. His, his assistant sent it to me, I remember. Well, yeah, anybody I've ever known that's trained with him for John Wick or worked with him or he's just like the nicest dude ever. Yeah, um, he's super nice, man. Very easy to work with. And whatever, you know, action, you know, you see on this John Wicks and all that, he actually really pulls that himself, man. Of course. Yeah, that's crazy. Like if you're going to get hit by a car or something like this, you're going to have a stunt double for that, of course. But all the fight scene... All the punching, the kicking, and all that stuff, he's doing that himself, man. So he's working hard, yes. That's amazing. Well, hey, as I'm kind of wrapping up here, I definitely want to touch base on one more thing. You're in a handful of great movies with Jackie Chan, specifically The Foreigner. I mean, that was a very unique role for him. Obviously, being a fan of all these guys growing up, I mean, Jackie Chan's one of the best stuntmen actors ever. What was it like working with him? Well, working with Jackie, you know, in, and his team, you know, I've worked with Jackie since uh, 2014, the first time. Mm. I worked on this movie called Dragon Blade with him. Then I worked uh, on another movie called V2 in Russia. Then I worked on The Foreigner and then Bleeding Steel. And then I did Vanguard. And then I did recently, I did Customs Frontline with his team again. So I did a lot of movies with Jackie's team and Jackie's team doesn't do only Jackie's movies. Sometimes they go and do other movies okay. uh, for other people, but working with Jackie, man, I mean, you know, is Jackie Chan. I mean, like when you yeah. look at him, like he, he, it's like an encyclopedia of action movies, man. And the way, the way, the way it is, man, I think, you know, him having his stunt team around him, is the reason why he's still standing right now because he was very smart like he has a stunt team with him all the time that can deliver whatever needs to be delivered for him like think about it i don't i don't see anyone else any action stars nowadays who, who have like this same group of people no. bringing them around you know maybe at 7-eleven with kenny reeves you know he i think he requests them for all the John Wicks and all that. But Jackie, uh, his stunt team basically is the one that really like 
made him become who he is now today because everybody watched these movies for, you know, the stunt work, the action and all that. So he stunt him, you know, like it's, they're, they're, it, it's a very loyal group to him. You know, he stunt him is very like, it's like a family, you know. Yeah. The name in Chinese, I think you call it Singaban. Singaban, that's the name of uh, of Jackie's stunt team. So, yeah, I think the stunt team is basically what made him who he is today. I mean, it's unbelievable. And surround yourself with great people that have your timing and you know you can work with well. And clearly, every check out his INDB and check out his movies for Brian Chubb because you're in everything, bro. And for a reason, <laughs> you're awesome to work with. You know, you're a constant professional. And kind of in closing here, man, just talking with you just more about martial arts and your film career. Martial arts has helped you out, not just be ready for like an, an action star and things like that, but like it just grounds you, it seems. Yes, very well, man. I mean, like it kept me, it kept both my feet on the ground. Yes. Like um, I have like a very, very easy uh, lifestyle, man. Like I spend a lot of time with my wife and I spend a lot of time at my house. You know, I have a house here in Thailand. And to me, my priority is very simple. I always say to, to my wife, my priority is her family, my training and work. I'm not really greedy. I don't want to be working all the time. To me, mm. to be able to put food on the table for my wife and my family, it's number one priority. Then I need to spend time with them. That's very important. To me, it's like... I never done movies to be able to become an action star or to be a superstar. It was never about the fame for me. What it was about is it was about being able to provide for myself and now for my family doing what I love, which is martial arts. And if I can, let's say, act in a movie, deliver some lines, why not? That's basically how I see things. I love that. I love that aspect of your outlook. And the last question is, what's for the future for you? What plans do you have here? This year has been mostly a year where I did a lot of things on my personal side. I had to basically, uh, I came back to Thailand. I was in, uh, in Europe from 2021 to 2022. I was in Europe working. This year I came back to uh, Thailand in January. When I came back, I got myself a house here. Obviously also I got married. With my well, congratulations. wife. Congratulations. That's since I last talked with you in 2020. A lot's happened. Yes. I got married with my wife. Then during the time I was in Europe, I worked in Hong Kong. I did a movie called Customs Frontline. I did another movie in England called Ganapath. That's an MMA movie. I've done also John Wick 4, like we talked about. I've done also recently, last year in October, I did a movie called Fight or Flight which is basically an action movie taking place in an airplane. Oh, that's, uh, that's crazy. Then recently this year, because as you know, there has been like a writer strike. Yes. Yeah. So I had a lot of projects this year that have been pushed back. Like mm. normally I should be working right now, but of course it's been pushed back. Then during the start of the year, I didn't really have time to do certain things because I was really focused on like, I had to take care, buy this house here and do a lot of things on the side with my wife. Okay. So I couldn't really go around and do certain things. Like I had even some job where I had to go to Tunisia. I had to pass them because I, I needed to be here right now to do certain things on, on the personal side. Yeah. So right now, what's on the horizon? 
first of all, I would like these movies that I've done to release. That would yes. be nice. Yes. You know, and second, whatever comes the, my way, you know, after this movie is released, let's see. Like I said, I'm not really into quantity over quality. I like quality projects, you know, yeah. like I like to focus on something that is very good, like a long shooting schedule, but not just like one day, two days. Yeah, I like like these long shooting schedules. Well, we're looking out for that. Raheem, thank you so much for coming on the show, man. It was awesome catching up with you. Thank you so much, man. And uh, look forward to talk again. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening, everyone. Hope you enjoyed this episode of the Warrior's Edge podcast. For more great talks and interviews on all things martial arts, be sure to follow us on your favorite podcast platform. And if you're ever in our area, you're welcome to come in and train with us at our academy, Olympus Grappling Arts. Until the next one, keep listening and keep training.